0: Welcome to the Pack the House Show, where we have conversations about sharing your faith as you walk through life with others.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of Pack the House. My name is Andrew Osborne, and I'm joined once again by Aaron Davis. Hiya! And Pastor Jason Tabor. Hello. Hello. Uh, and it, it is Ash Wednesday today, so happy Ash Wednesday. We're not going to be talking about that much today, but just wanted to acknowledge that. We're
2: recording so we... on Tuesday, so clean foreheads.
0: Yeah. That's,
1: it's confusing for us. We, have put that on. <laughs> so we This last weekend wrapped up our last week of our sermon series, Forward Together, and we talked a little bit about sacrificial giving and what that looks like. Um, So today we want to talk about something that we hear from, uh, or that you may hear from your neighbors and friends who aren't churched, uh, and that idea is that uh, the church just wants my money. Uh, Is that something that you guys have heard from people? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yes, a little bit.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much every atheist I know, that's like one of their main points when you talk to them.
2: Yeah, so... uh Speaking specifically to those who are, who are, we would use the term de-church, who have had a, a church experience or have been part of a church and, and no, are no longer, uh, sometimes what I find is that this is one of the big reasons. It's not always the reason they left, but it's something that they, that they sort of lean on afterward.
1: Um, compounding factor. Yeah, a compounding
2: factor to, to, to inform. Uh, it's one of the constellation of things that, that, that are problematic for them about the church. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. so where do, you, where do you think that concern comes from like what what might they be reacting to
2: yeah fair question um well the big i mean to be honest part of what they're reacting to is what they can see right um we are in a much this is a surprise to no one listening uh we're in a much more connected society we're in a much more um transparent there's a lot more visibility into what churches do or don't do with their money mm-hmm. uh, so part of it is they're reacting to what they see. Um, any one of us could probably give we in our in our preparation conversation, we all gave examples of of um not wise uses of funds um, that we could point to. yeah,
0: I think also, like you know, like you just have to open Facebook and there's, you know whatever, seventy charities that are asking you for money. Right, I mean, like on a daily basis, and even in your mailbox, like there's always a flyer of this person's ask. So I think as the society that we live in, too, you just feel like everybody's asking you for money, and that's the only thing that matters, right? And like, what I mean, like, what's the point after a point, you know?
2: And some of those charities tell a much more compelling story. They're they're doing they're doing work uh, that is, I'll say, much closer to the heart of those who are who are unchurched. Mm -hmm.
1: yeah like feeding the poor or whatever it might be something that they they would want to care for that's what those organizations are providing for
2: and and sometimes we don't always see that even though it happens in many churches um certainly cornerstone but we don't always see it
0: right yeah and i think that's because it's not like that's a platform we are standing on like we're standing on jesus Yes, we're doing good works, but it's out of the love of Jesus. So it's like, we're not going to parade out all of the uh, shut-ins that we visited last week, right? It's like, that's not, that's not the goal. The, well, goal is they're to, right, the goal is to point you to Jesus, not to like parade out all of the good we're doing. You no, know? that's
2: absolutely right. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's absolutely true. At the same time, <laughs> it makes it hard harder uh, for those who are outside of us uh, to see that. And so I guess what I want to be getting across is when when a person says the church only wants my money, it isn't only bitterness or resentment that's driving that. Uh, There is underneath that, I mean, it may come off in a a bitter, resentful way. Um, But underneath that, there is usually a genuine desire uh, that organizations that that take money from others should be doing um, important work, and the things that they will point to as what would call it, what would be in that important work category, are valid things. Andrew mentioned feeding the poor and, um, you know, advocating for 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 those who are oppressed, and um, all of those things are the things that they want to see happening are actually good things.
0: And I also yeah, think. That's... Oh, go ahead.
1: Uh, I was just going to say I think a lot of people get hung up by what they see, like on TV. They see pastors who. Uh, flying private jets or uh, there's even like Twitter accounts that follow pastor's shoes because they wear fancy shoes. Uh, But the, the problem is sometimes those pastors, like they just budget their money that way because they, they enjoy fancy things. Sometimes they, they take advantage of it. Uh, But it, uh, again, it's, it's one of those things where it's a fine line between uh, using the income that you're given by the church for the things that you enjoy versus, uh, being uh flashy I guess. I I don't know. Uh, for me that's tricky.
2: Yeah, so that might actually move us into the the rest of our conversation right of how do we respond uh when someone says I don't I don't care for the church because they only want my money.
0: Yeah, I always say uh, my church isn't like that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but again We we do need money to stay open. We we do need money. Yeah, totally. Yeah.
2: So there's let's let's back up a step though. First thing that I always want to say when someone says that to you, do not be defensive. Mm -hmm. Uh, There is no reason to. It's not your job to defend the church or Jesus, and neither the church nor Jesus needs you uh, (laughs) in that case. He's got
0: it under control. Yeah. (laughs)
2: Exactly. So so what you can do when someone when someone says something along those lines they only want my money you have the freedom to be to remain very open uh, to that conversation to remain very open to whatever it is that they that they want to share um without needing to defend or correct or do any of those things that might what we mainly want is to have a relationship with them right with that person and yeah. so correcting their view of the um financial dealings of, of the church generally is not goal number one goal number one is keep the relationship going keep the relationship open um at the same time helping them to have a different type of understanding of how the church deals with finances can be a thing that helps them that removes a barrier right um, if the if church finances is a barrier to the to their relationship with jesus um having that conversation can at least help to remove that barrier so Um, now we'll talk about some ways that maybe that might go, which both of you shared (laughs) too.
0: Yeah, I was, I mean, I think like, first of all, every time you talk about money with somebody, it doesn't matter what you're talking about. People get prickly.
2: It's always sensitive. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, just in general, I mean, even when it's like my, my, child, even when she asked me for 20 bucks, I'm like, what do you need it for? Right? Like, it's just like, I mean, automatically it's just prickly. And uh, I mean, I loved this weekend. They, they read the reading of the wise young ruler, right. And how Jesus told him to give up everything. And then he, he went away sad. And I think a lot of people misinterpret that story and think, Oh, Jesus wanted all of his money. Jesus hadn't, Jesus could have cared less about any of his money. He wanted to ahead, re- and
2: that's what it says, right? It doesn't say give it to me. Right. Give it to the poor and right. the king.
0: right. And he just wanted to release the wise young ruler. He was actually speaking of releasing the wise young ruler from this burden that he had heaped upon himself. And I'm, I mean, I'm not saying obviously Jesus is not telling all of us to give up all of our money to church. That's not the moral of the story. <laughs> but I do think in our lives. A lot of times we get hung up on money because it's such a worldly thing, and it's such a fixation for the world, right? Like even when you give to other charities, like like we were talking about earlier, and they, you know, they tell you these are, these are the kids I sponsored, right? Like you give twenty dollars a week, you get a, a picture from a kid, right? No yeah, it's like okay, I didn't actually go and visit that child, but I feel good because I am saving that child right? I'm saving that one child. And so I think as Christians, we don't really have that like specifics, but we have that specific of we trust in Jesus and he's saving the world and we're just like helping. (laughs) And so I think like that whole situation makes it a little bit more like less prickly, if that makes sense.
2: Yeah. I like the move you're making there. Um, Turn back to Jesus is always a good move, right? um the church sometimes falls down on this and that's true Andrew pointed to some examples we all know examples where yeah some there's there is truth in that person's claim right <laughs> the church right. does not always handle money well um there's truth in it we can acknowledge that as, that there's truth in it and that actually builds some credibility with the person <laughs> we're talking to but turn back to Jesus right it is always a good move yeah so sometimes both we all and the church collectively get it wrong and yet the example we're following, what Jesus is about, is very much... So So again, I would say spend time in your, in your Bible thinking through what is Jesus' relationship with money? What is he actually calling us toward, um, both individually and as a church? And what is his example? Um, and be ready to point to some of those.
1: Yeah, and, and I, I think that kind of leads us to our next point is that there are some things that churches do with money that are really good things. And that's that's why me personally, and I think this is where I would try to steer the conversation with a friend, is I give to my church because I know they do good things with it. Um, I, there are churches I could go to where I probably wouldn't give because I know they would not use it well. Or um, certainly right. it would be harder to give. Right. Yeah. But the church I go to, I, I know. They care about the people in our community and they're trying to do good things. Um, and I, I see the good that comes out of the church I go to and I want to be part of that. And being part of that means I help support it.
2: Right. And the more that you know about your friend, your neighbor, your coworker and what what's important to them, what what they value, the more you can give, you know, more specific examples of, of what that looks like. Right.
0: Yeah. I mean, like one thing that I say all the time is that I go to Bible study on Thursday morning and um, we have childcare, right. Which is very unheard of, but like if people didn't give to church, there's no way we could afford to have childcare while I can attend Bible study, which is just like amazing. And I've had so many friends that have just started that Bible study just because they want an hour and a half where no one's touching them. Right. And so that provides that. And that's just like, I mean, you can actually give specific like instances like that of this is something my church is physically doing with the money that they're receiving from their parishioners to help moms, you know, to help you not pull your hair out for just an hour and a half a day.
2: Right. So it isn't all about, you know, keeping the lights on and and maintaining, you know, some cathedral. Right. Uh, There is part of that that has to happen. But there are actual, tangible examples uh, of of good that is happening in our community. Um, I just told the story last week of, of if you haven't seen this video, watch it um, of a man that we helped with some union dues and some and some apartment and a hotel stay while his apartment application was processing, um, and now he's back on the job site and he's got stable housing. and, and We actually do this dozens of times every week. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> but again, that would be my encouragement. Is Oh, those general stories are great, but the more you can find out about the, you know, and maybe you even ask the question, well, oh and the church doesn't they only want my money and they don't use money this or that way. Maybe you can ask the question, right? Um what's important to you? What would you like to see happening? Mm-hmm. Um right. and the more that we, that you learn about what those those values are, the more you can look for, for ways again, this is not this is not pump up my church or or defend my church. What we're looking for is anytime I have an opportunity to show one of my, one of my friends or neighbors who's far from Jesus, anytime I have an opportunity to show them something that might help them move a little closer or lower a barrier that's keeping them away, I want to do that. Not so that Cornerstone looks good, but so that they can come closer to Jesus.
0: And I will tell you, because I live in the world of atheists, but I will tell you that sometimes when you point out the really good things that the church is doing, it makes them uncomfortable, just in general. And even, so don't don't feel like just because you're going to say these, it's going to be this miraculous change and they're going to be like, oh, the church works for good, right? It's like, sometimes they come back even more defensive when they find out that the, jer- the church loves you no matter what, <laughs> that's I, uncomfortable.
2: That's good to know. And the flip yeah. side of that is, uh, what I what I took away from that is if the reaction wasn't what you were hoping for, don't feel like it didn't land.
0: Oh, right. Mm-hmm. For sure.
2: It will do its thing. The spirit will do the spirit's work.
0: Yeah. As we've it. all had the experience when there's a sermon happening and you're like, oh, that sermon was awful. And you're like, it wasn't awful. It was telling you something you didn't want to hear. Just <laughs> hard. Yes, and the same thing happens when you're talking to your non-churched friends. Is just like sometimes when you say things about how loving Jesus is, it's very uncomfortable, and they don't want to hear it. And so, just keep saying it.
2: <laughs> your job is not to convince them in that moment, not necessarily.
0: Exactly. exactly,
2: Aaron. You made a good point that I want to end with. Um, again, in our pre-recording, uh, you made the point that I'm going to rephrase it a little bit to say everyone is welcome whether exactly. they whether they give or not.
0: Um, uh, yeah,
2: I think that's a really great kind of we'll say gospel point, and good news point to end a conversation like this on. Uh, you know, we'd love to have you. everybody's welcome whether whether we give or not. Mm-hmm.
0: And I think that that's a big shift. I know my grandma's church, she they used to publish in the bulletin every week what people had given the week before.
2: Individual people?
0: Yeah. They put your name and then what your, what your tithing was the week before. So yeah. So I feel like as, as a church, we're definitely like definitely getting away from that, but just in general, like you could come to church every week and not give any money. And we still want you there. We don't only want you there because you're giving a certain, you're giving more than Bertha is right. Like that's not a thing. So
2: there is obviously also the point at which we want those who are. Uh, Jesus followers who call their who call Cornerstone or any church their home to support that work and ministry, mm-hmm. and yet, as it relates to the,
1: to those who are not currently there, still welcome whether you give or
2: not.
0: Always, always welcome.
1: And I think I've even heard our pastors say that basically that we're glad you're here. Uh, if you feel like Cornerstone is your home and you feel like giving, we'd love to love for you to be able to do that, but don't feel like you need to. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And that was in the sermon this weekend too.
2: So let's, let's wrap this up a little bit. Um, points that we've covered. Number one, don't be defensive. Um, take a deep breath. Keep the conversation and the relationship open. Uh, number two, there's, there's validity in the comment. And so it's okay to acknowledge that. Turning back toward Jesus and his example um, is always a good idea. And there are opportunities also to show where the church does good work. And the more you know about the person you're talking to, the more you can give specific examples that will connect the work of the church, the work of Jesus and his kingdom to what's important to them. Um, Last point, everybody's welcome. Uh, There's (laughs) uh, without without regard to their giving history.
0: (laughs) And one more thing, if you don't know the type of awesome things that Cornerstone's doing, like go to the website and just search like anything and it'll pull up like, we have so many different ministries giving to whatever your heart is for. So if you're talking to somebody and you know their hearts for old people, like we have an old people, it's not called that, but, (laughs) (laughs) or if their heart is for children, we have a children's ministry or if their heart is for homeless, we have a homeless thing. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just saying, you, you know who you're talking to and whatever their heart is, you can point them to a ministry at Cornerstone usually.
2: Yep. Well said.
1: Awesome. Well, as we wrap up, Erin, uh, would you want to pray for us? Sure.
0: Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for bringing us together today. Help us be mindful of our neighbors and what they might be going through. Help us invite them into a loving community that you've created for us and show them that the good work that your servants are doing, we always love being your hands and feet no matter what you call us to do and help us shine that light into other people's lives so that they know what we are doing out of the love for you. In your name we pray. Amen.
1: Amen. Thanks for praying. And thanks to all of you for joining us this week. Have a great week.
0: Bye. Thanks for joining us for the Pack the House show. For more content like this, or to connect with us, visit our website, cornerstonelutheran.church.